Welcome to episode 280 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right, guys, welcome along to episode 280 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? Very good, Bevan. How, yeah. how, le- how are your legs? Oh, I'm pretty sore, mate, to be honest. I am pretty sore. I had to teach a class, so I did the race on the weekend, and then I had Sunday off, and then I had to teach two classes yesterday, one spin class, which is fine, but then in a high-impact class, was pretty hard on the old body, but it's okay, I'll survive. I've got today off, so... Exactly. Yeah, it's all good. Um, I, what have you been up to, I suppose? I'm, in, I'm living the dream in Queenstown. That's right. We're not in the studio today, are we? No, I've got my nice Audio Technica mic here doing the job, so hopefully oh, the sound quality's all good. It's all good in the hood. I'm Talk is proudly brought to you by... Coffeesofhawaii.com. Did you get that email from Albert? I did indeed. Oh, we might have to mention that. Uh, Albert will be telling us some amazing stuff soon. Athlinks.com. So we'll draw from Athlinks. It's all go. It'll go and extreme endurance. And we'll just make it out like they're talking to us as well. Xendurance.com. Okay, team, in this week's show, we've got some news. We've got an age group of the week, got a website of the week, some questions and answers at the end. And we're actually going to be doing some nicknames for the people who've been donating to the show over the last period of time. So if you've been donating, be very excited because you're about to get your nickname. That's right. And I thought we put, you know, I, I mentioned last week we really want to start the Kona build up now. And uh, so I thought we'd, we'd start our first bit of news with a bit of a look at uh, at some Kona stuff. So we've, it's going to just amplify a little bit each week. It's going to amplify. Love it. That's right. L- last week we um, had a lot of the, the Geek Out Zone with Torsten and uh, we're talking about sort of the KPR and, and how that sort of impacted who qualified and who didn't qualify. But we didn't actually look at the Kona Pro rankings in terms of where actually people sit. So we, we now know who qualified, who didn't. But um, yeah, I thought it'd just be interesting to, to know who is ranked number one based on the points system and whether we really care or it's just a, a fact that you need to be in the top 30 and these rankings really don't mean too much. But um, Caroline Stephan is... Uh, She's dominated, doesn't she? Far and above the uh, the first female on the back of uh, a really good Kona performance, so she got uh, she, she was third in Kona, wasn't she? So she got uh, well, she second, second or third. She got she was second. She got five thousand four hundred points for that. She won somewhere uh, another Ironman and got uh, four thousand points um, from that. And then she's done some other seventy point threes and uh, and and just dominated those as well. So do you think, do you think it'd be cool if they? Um had prize money for this. I think it would make things uh, a little more interesting. And 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 years and years ago, uh, they used to have an Ironman World Series, and I, I can't remember how many Ironmans you had to do, but maybe three or something like that. Um, but it would it would add a, an extra element to it. You know, a lot of the other series um, are doing that. Well, say the ITU series, for example big prize money for being the series champion and uh, so I think it's got potential in the past you know if it was just Ironman you know you can only do two or three I mean we know that some people do a lot more than that but the you know the big guys like Craig Alexander and that they're typically only doing a couple Um, but now you've got that 70.3 element to it I think it would it would be and WT's um, 
advantage to do it because it would mean people would become even more loyal to their series if there was uh, a big prize purse at the end of it. So, yeah, I think it would be interesting. For, for me, these rankings um, aren't really super indicative of where the athletes fall in the sport. I think, you know, for most of them, they don't really care. They just want to be in the top X number of um, rankings because to, to qualify. So we've got Caroline Stefan in first, Yvonne Van Vleuk in second, Marinda Carfrey in third, Karen Thurick in fourth, and Tyler Stewart in fifth um, on the girls' side of things. And when you look through these results, um, it, it, it does show that the, for the people that do the big races and do well at the big races, and by that I mean Kona and what they're classifying as the championship races, whether they be the 70.3 champs or the like region. Like this year or something like that. Those people are doing well. And that's I think that's what they want to want people to be doing, you know. Um, when we look down at the guys, uh, it's it's quite a bit more interesting that the top few, uh, a number of the top few, haven't done that many races. You look at uh, we've got Reynard Tissink on top, and he's done he's done five counting races. Timothy O'Donnell's only done four, um, but then Nico Lamas has basically done two Ironmans, and he's yeah. ranked third on those rankings yeah. because because he's chosen high scoring points races. Uh, I can't remember exactly which ones he did. I think he he won that the Texas race, didn't yeah. he? I think. So that would have been 4,000 points, and then he picked up 3,100 points at another Ironman race somewhere. And then you've got uh, Marino Van Holnacker in fifth place, and he's only done two races. Uh, He's got his Kona result and then Ironman Austria. So I think their point system is weighted to those guys that want to go to the big races, which I think it should be, and I think it's it's good. So we've got Reynard Tissing in first, you've got Timothy O'Donnell in second, and Nico Lannis in third, Faris Alsalt in fourth, and Marino uh, in fifth. And uh, you've got to scroll down to... 11th for Andreas Raylert, um because he basically just did a, a small Ironman Regensburg uh, and his Kona result and then one um, other result from somewhere. Uh, and then, yeah, so it's the rank of the numbers this year. Don't think they mean too much. I don't know what you think, Bevan. Well, I just kind of think that it is, you know, now they're creating a system. The problem is the system's a bit flawed because with the ITU, sure, they have, you know, points and all the rest of it, but everyone's racing the same races or the majority of, you know, I think eight races, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, for, you know, that's all good. So you kind of know that it's an even split of the kind of races that people are doing. But in this situation, you know, there's 20, 30 different races around the world that, these guys are racing in, so it's not really comparable, you know. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it would be cool. I think it would be a cool incentive to have some money there, and it may change people's chasing of races. You know, if Linus was going to go for thirty, may have done another Ironman race to go for yep. the win. So yep. in that way, it might be worth looking at. But really, yeah, I'm not sure if it will work in the system. Yeah. Um, so that was uh, that's the current rankings. I'm, I'm sure they'll tweak it uh, slightly for next year. Um, but I think you know. So, so wait a second. Do the numbers in Kona are the numbers now based on this, or will Caffrey still have number one in Kona? Uh, I think it starts it starts fresh and basically from September the first. I would imagine it basically start accruing your points for next year. So Caroline so. Stefan will have number one on her top. Oh, I don't. I don't know about that, Bevan. We can we can use our media contacts in Kona and find out about that. I would imagine it would be based off last year's results. I would imagine. Mm, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, but again, do the athletes really care what number uh, they hey, choose? It'd be pretty cool to have number one. 
in ITU in ITU racing, it is a big deal because uh, that that dictates where you start on the start line. So in ITU, you know, it's all pontoon starts. If you're seated number one athlete, you get to run down the pontoon first and uh, before the start, and you get to pick exactly where you're on the. On oh, the is that how it works? Is it so you get to choose? It's not like one goes to the left and the other goes to no. the right. And so what you'll typically see is you'll see uh, the the top athletes either going to the extreme left or the extreme right. You'll see the brownie stance on the outside, so they're not going to get beaten up. They'll choose the shortest line and whichever side of the pontoon uh, that is going to give them the the cleanest start and the the shortest line. And then when you've got guys, uh, the lowest rank athletes, guys like Maka, they're stuck in the middle of the pontoon and they're getting the crap bashed out of them. So it is it is really important uh, for them for that reason. And also there is a big financial bonus. You asked last week um, what Andrea Hewitt would have taken home from her, yep. her win the week before and the grand finale race there was 30, I think it was 30,000 US, I think it was. Wow. And then I think for her to move up to second in the rankings, I think for the overall prize money series race was, uh, I think she might have taken home about another 40,000 for wow. that. So I think the winner of the series was taking home sort of 40 or 50,000 US. So, um, And for a win on most of the ITU race circuits, I think it was... I think it was eighteen and a half thousand from memory, um, US. So the series prize money is is really important for those guys. And the thing we've got to remember about those athletes are they government funded as well, aren't they? Like mm-hmm. Andrew would be giving support from the New Zealand government financially as well, yeah. wouldn't she? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And in kind of this year, it was also in the, the main newspapers over here, uh, there's going to be a robot going Yeah, we've got lots of emails from people about this. So there's a robot from is it is it Panasonic, isn't it? I'm not sure where it's from. Yeah, it's a robot. They're basically it's, it's kind of a bit of a promo for batteries from what I can tell. I had a look at it, kind of what it's about. And I've designed this robot, and the robot's done Le Mans racetrack, isn't it, in the past yep. for yep. a 24-hour race. But they've got to try to do the Ironman. But it's pretty slow. I can't remember exactly how long it was going to take. But yeah. it was going to take, like, seven days or something stupid like that. Yeah, it was a long time. But it's... It's a great gimmick. You know, it's getting media coverage. It's in the main newspapers in New Zealand, so they're doing a very good job getting the news out there. So another little tidbit for Kona. And got uh, lots of interviews lined up. I'm going well with the interview lined up. We've got uh, Dave Scott's lined up. Oh, he loves us. He loves. I us. think that's his favourite part of Kona Week, to be honest. It is. Just lined up uh, Scott Rigsby, um, and he's the guy who's the double first double amputee to complete Kona. Oh, great. Um, got Matt Dixon. He's the coach of uh, Chris Lieta, Rachel Joyce, and uh, a number of other top pros. Bree Wee, a few people asked for Bree Wee. She's not actually racing in Kona, but she's a Kona local, so we get some good angles from sort of the local perspective side of things. And she's been, uh, I'm pretty sure one year she was the first age grouper. She's now a racing pro, but first age grouper overall. And I've uh, got a whole host of other things going on, so it's all looking pretty good. We've also got a few sponsors that are going to be helping us out, and one we're getting some T-shirts. Just Is this just for you and I, John? Just for you and I. Just for you and I. And from O2 Creation, now they do some great clothes and so kind of try clothes. So if you want to check out their gear, go to o2creation.com. And they've got lots of other little gimmicky sort of things as well. You know, your elastic laces, little um, iPod carriers and your cap and all sorts of little gimmicky things. Um, so check them out. Obviously, we've got our Audio Technica devices we're going to be recording on. Well, back it up, John, because they've come through and they've given us an iPhone device. So we can use my iPhone. You need to get an iPhone now, John. I know. We're going to use my iPhone. And it looks awesome. We haven't got it yet, but it's like a microphone coming up top of the... And it's not like one of those kind of little small microphones. It's like a professional microphone coming out your iPhone. I'm loving it. We're going to be showing the other media app, aren't we? Oh, they'll be looking. They'll be jealous, John. Endurance Sport Travel. Uh, if you're ever looking for, for a travel partner to go to a race anywhere around the world and looking for the total experience, uh, 
and also just to relieve any hassle you might ever have. Ken Clara and the team will look after oh, you there. And I can't talk gonna... about those guys highly enough. You know, like when we went there last time, they just worked their butts off to make your experience as easy as possible. Seriously, if you are thinking about using a package, these guys are the place to go. And finally, we're going to be hanging out at uh, Lava Java. Most days, I'm just working through our schedule at the moment, but I think we'll probably have a set time. Maybe we'll be there between, say, 12 and 1 each day, and we'll um, do a little bit of recording there. So we'll let you know close to the time exactly the timings we're going to be there, but we'll be there most days and uh, doing a little show from Lava Java. John, we got an email this week from on Facebook from David Sim. I think it's Simpia, and he's given us a hard time, John. And he's, yes. um, he's got a couple of thoughts. He's given us something about compression. He's given us a link about compression tights that's saying that it's all crap basically but <laughs> but um a second point was i could be wrong but it seems that every time you guys do the news and talk about the fields oh safari just quit <laughs> my computer is dying john basically he's complaining that when we do the fields for races um that we always talk about the pro fields being really weak and i thought before we even talked about this week's races coming up it's probably going to be a theme we talk about again. So he probably has a pretty good point there, doesn't he? It's yes, it's, it's a fair point, unless you go to the the big races, say Abu Dhabi, Germany. Um, but I, I suppose even in Germany, we, we we say things a week. It's usually top end heavy, and then it, and it falls away a bit. And he says we're a bit predictable, John. <laughs> in our defence, in our defence, that that they do everything does get spread really thinly. Um, and I just hope that. You know, what, what WTC are doing and, and what other organisers are doing by putting on more money, hopefully we'll get, you know, the top, you know, say seven or eight of the top 10 or top 20 in the world racing more head-to-head. I think it's what we all want. So, um, well, Is it also a factor of that we need more pros in our sport? Mm. You know, like, you know, like we, we talk about weak fields, but, you know, like there's only so many pros and what's happening right now is because more competition from Challenge, you've got, you know, WTC putting on more races, you've got like the Outlaws and all that of the world and all trying to get pros to their races and in doing so, it's, you know, it's the, the, the pro field hasn't really got any bigger, has it? No, and, and but but there are, and there's, as we see, there's so many races now where, I mean, yeah, I suppose we can say the pro fields are weak, but they're, they're, they're getting, uh, they're not as deep as well. So whilst the money isn't great, if the guys that can race a bit more regularly, um, then they, they maybe can start to make a bit more of a living out of this. But uh, yeah, no, I think it's a, it's a fair comment, fair criticism. We can take that one on the chin. I say our jobs this week's to not say it's a weak field. And we had uh, we had Challenge Henley this weekend. My God, the field there was awesome. <laughs> See, it's the best field ever. <laughs> It was first up race. Uh, we talked about the prize money last week. Really good prize money. So another good opportunity for for the guys to make a bit of coin um, when the guys who are racing Kona are off doing their sort of preparations. And uh, from all accounts, you know, one of the things for the, the Pommy listeners and, and everybody around the world is, you know, they had a lot of races in in the UK this year. Uh, we had Ironman UK. Um, we, we, last weekend we had uh, Ironman Wales, and this weekend we've got. Uh, Challenge Henley uh, we've just, just been just had Challenge Henley also had uh, the, the Outlaw um, and I think there might have been one other um, and reports from the, the, the Ironman Wales race it was a really um, so the race seemed to go really well Stephen Lord popped me an email said it was a really good fair course good test on the bike um, and the reports from Challenge Henley we've had a couple in so far sounds like they did a really good job there as well it was uh, it was very good racing on the on the pro side of things I'm, um, I'm just uh kind of pulling up my website so you start talking about the race because we've got an interesting email through from someone so I'm just going to pull that up while you're talking 
Yeah, so uh, last week when we talked about the amazing pro field, um, we had Aaron Farlow who lost out in a sprint finish the weekend before in in Ironman Wales. And I said, well, he's on the start list. He's obviously not going to be racing, um, but he decided to prove me wrong and he rocked up and... uh, and did exceptionally well, just missing out on third place. So in third, he had Aaron Farlow. He was, uh, and I think he might have been leading off the bike from the email we had. He swam 48, so um, was out first uh, with um, the first couple with Stephen Bayliss, rode 4.43, and then, as you sort of would expect, faded a bit on the run with a 3.05, but still exceptionally good, you know, backing up those races at 8 hours, 40, and 10 seconds, but uh, this is a, a long name. He's put all his middle names in. Nicholas Peter Ward Munez uh, came home in 8.39. He came through with a 2.55. Uh, he was in second. Uh, and then the big man, Pete Vabrusik, took it out. 54-minute uh, swim, 4.44 on the bike, and 2.53 on the run. So, you know... Great to see him. He's a, he's a big supporter of the Challenge Series and uh, of any any iron, iron distance races. So really good to see him coming through. Stephen Bayliss um, managed only managed fourth, um, and Christoph Basti in fifth place. So what about the girls? Apparently the guys race. I, I I I've lost my internet in front of me, but apparently the guys race was pretty close in the run. It was like it, not far from was. the end. Of four guys were pretty close to winning. Yeah, because uh, you know Pete Vabrusik and and. Uh, Munez looked like they were obviously going sort of head to head, and uh, and they only caught Aaron Farlow fairly late in the piece by the sound of it. And Stephen Bayliss was only another four minutes back. So we said the same thing last week. Whilst these guys might not be, um, you know, Yukona winners, we've we've only we've going to careful, got, uh, careful. We've got twelve. We've got twelve minutes uh, covering the first five athletes. It's a hell of a lot more exciting than than a lot of the races where we might have the real big hitters at, where they're just off the front dominating it. So um, it, for the spectators, sounds like a good day. On the girls' side of things, um, we had a Kiwi girl doing very well that I've never heard of before, and uh, so Candice Hammond um, was first off the bike, ended up in fourth place. Yvette Grice took out the race in 9.47, again, another really close race. She swam 55, biked 5.32, ran 3.15, and uh, Carissa... Wernix uh, was closing in on her. She did 9.48, came home in a 3.12 marathon, so she got pretty close. And then Louise Collins was in third in 9.54. So again, first uh, four girls, only 13 minutes covering the first four girls. So 13 minutes, you know, you have a little mini explosion on the run and uh, and that can get mowed up pretty quickly. So good racing. We got a, we got a great email through from Jim Allpass, and he was basically doing an assessment of the challenge race, which was new in Henley versus the Ironman Wales, and he was just kind of doing the breakdown of everything. So he's got the race state was basically a week apart. The the cost of doing the race, so Wales you're paying uh, three seventy two British pounds, and then three thirty for challenge. Prize money for pros in Wales was eighteen thousand euro. Prize money in Henley was fifty thousand euro. Total yeah. entries was twelve hundred and seventy eight in Wales. In Henley, they only had uh, five eighty six in the full distance race. Now he has put a, a note that this this kind of wrap up excludes teams and the half distance, which challenges tend to do a lot more of. Uh, pro, ma- pro males or pro male athletes in Wales, 26. In Henley, only 15. Females, only 5 in Wales and 11 in Henley. Uh, the DNF for Wales was huge. They had 12% DNF, whereas in wow. Henley, it was only 6%. 
Uh, he's compared that he's got Ironman Bolton where they had 1,100 competitors, only nine pro males and eight pro females. Same cost for the get in. And then the Outlaw had 573 competitors. So he's kind of saying that uh, the IM name kind of does still have a major attraction in both pro and amateur fields, despite the higher fee. Despite a much larger pro prize for money, it's still not attracting a huge pro field, um, at least in its first year and for the challenge race. Um, yeah, so it's it's interesting. I think that's the one thing that if you go to a WTC race, it's a bit like McDonald's. To a large degree, you know what you're going to get. You know you're going to get consistently a great um, a great organised race. You're going to have a big field, which a lot of people enjoy. You know that gives a lot of hype to the race. And I guess the thing when you sign up. For for these other races, um, especially the new ones, you don't quite know what you're going to get. You know, there's, there's clearly, if you go to a race and there's only, say, two, 300 people racing, it's just not the same as a WTC race if that's the experience you're looking for for that big race with thousands of people in it. Um, so I guess, that's, I guess that's what people weigh up. Um, oh, I would argue with challenge, it's not necessarily the case. I think for people, like maybe for the newer non-branded kind of races that may be the case but for challenge I think generally most people know that they're going to turn up to a challenge race and it's going to be a pretty amazing experience yeah but a first year race when they're you know if you're sitting there a year out from the race looking choosing between these events you're going to go well there's so many on challenge yes I've put on a good job but how many people are they going to get turning up at that race I, I would imagine that's what a lot of people might have been doing last year. It'd be really interesting to see what impact this has on on Ironman Bolton. I've had that for a couple of years, so people know the deal about that one, what that one's all about. And maybe a lot of people stood back and just wanted to see what happened with Wales this year, what happened with uh, Challenge Henley, and then uh, and then sort of uh, we'll see if those numbers go up or or stay the same next year. But it's going to be it's going to be a tough time for all those races, um, you know, ensuring they get big enough fields. But it's the one plus challenge has is they've got the half as well and obviously the team racing and if that takes off that yeah. can sort of bolster things but good to see challenge stumping up um, some, some good prize money it is funny in the UK because you know a few years ago they had one race for the longest yeah. time they had little races for, you know for for the, the size of the population for Ironman triathletes you know it's such a popular sport over there and you, you know for the longest time we used to say they've got no races and then just suddenly out of nowhere they've got so many it's great it's yeah great. good yeah. to see okay we also um, had the Grand Columbian on Grand Columbian. I didn't even check. Did I get those results or not? I don't know. I don't oh, think you did. Bevan, Bevan, I'll have to go and have a quick look at those. Let's have a look firstly at, uh, do you want to try to pull up those results of the Grand Columbian and I'll talk through the results from the Spirit Triathlon. Xavier, can he uh, flick these through to me? This was on a couple of weeks ago and uh, it's part of that Canada sort of Three iron distance races in three weeks. I talk about they have the the Canadian, they have uh, Ironman Canada, and they have the Spirit Triathlon. And we had Eddie Smith take it out in nine forty four. He swam one hundred seven, biked five hundred seven, ran three twenty two. Jason Shreb was in second in nine fifty, and Xavier had a smoking little race there nine fifty eight. Broke the ten hour barrier, but he was only five and got on the podium but it was only five seconds in front of third place Scott Kahn. So nice effort there. On the girls' side of things, we had first female was Maylene Quesnell from Orleans, and she did 10.58. She swam 134, biked 5.22, and ran 3.47. And the second female was Darcia Kmet from Ottawa. 
in the third female, who was in the 50 to 54 age group. Nice. Nicole. Nice, all right. Libriki. Sorry, Nicole, I probably got that completely wrong. <laughs> no, Sorry for no, nice. sharp, mate, sharp. Um, Columbia is, is the results are impossible to figure out. They've got all these different races and it's not coordinated that well. So if you did that race, well done. So oh, next Bevan, up, <laughs> Bevan, that that's a weak effort. I'm going to have to. Uh, I'm going to have to go and investigate this myself, and I'll come back to everybody with those results in a moment. Uh, coming up this weekend, we've got uh, a few iron distance races, and we have the D Day in Mauritius. If anybody ever goes and does that race, I'm fascinated to find out what it's like racing in Mauritius. It, very, it looks like a fantastic place to be. So let us know. The Red Man in Oklahoma City, the Chesape- Chesapeake Man in uh, Maryland and Cambridge and the Alba Man in Italy. Another, an island off the bottom of Italy. Uh, another piece of news we had last weekend was uh, we've quite a few people emailed this through to us. Uh, Craig Alexander to face a legal action over. It's a bit of a sensationalised um, title to this piece because yes. it, it, it didn't really sound as though there was going to be legal action. But basically he raced uh, the World 70.3 Championships on a Cervelo. Now it was a Cervelo bike that wasn't stickered, so it had all its stuffs taken off, but it was basically a, um, a Cervelo bike, but he is sponsored by Orbea, and we're not really sure what happened there. Yeah, I, I can tell you one thing, knowing Crowley, that um, it, well, he wouldn't have taken he's not stupid. No. He would not have taken the decision lightly to do what he did, and uh, I think with that story, it's uh, it's it's there's something fishy going on, you know. But there was an uh, you know that release was um, official statements from Orbea, and uh, they're not going to want to go out there and slag one of their athletes off um, lightly. So I think there's uh, there's a little bit more to that story than than meets the eye. How much are you going to cost a bike company to have someone like Crowley on their books? I've got no idea. Jeez, I'd love to know if you're a pro out there and you can just give us a silent email. Just to yes. give us an idea of you know what kind of you know what kind of money do you get from a bike company? You know, is it a couple hundred grand a year, or do you get nothing, or is it just a free bike? Well, obviously, for the second tier pro, it's probably just free gear. But for someone like Crowley or Mako or you know you know one of those real top pros, oh, Rasmus or something like that, you know. Yeah, it'd be big. So I think there'll be more to come out of that story, and I think the relationship between Orbea uh, and Craig Alexander is probably fairly fairly stretched at this stage, I would imagine. <laughs> okay, what else have we got here in news? We've got uh, John's ITU update. Oh, it was good times, Evan, because I'm on holiday down in Queenstown, and uh, and yesterday it was all live. It was good, good timing for us. So the race was being held, the World Ch- Dextra Energy World Championship Series was being held in Yokohama in Japan, and uh, good timing for us. So we managed to I managed to kick back and see most of the day's racing. And what's what's happened with this race is the grand finale of the series was on last weekend in Beijing, yeah. and this race in Yokohama was supposed to be held, I think it was back in May, but because of the earthquakes, um, there was just a lot of instability and, and nobody wanted to go there and race. Oh, so they rescheduled well. the race, didn't cancel it? Yeah, they rescheduled it, uh, and so what this race was actually doing was it wasn't it would have made the grand grand finale a bit of a farce if you have the grand finale and then the week later you have another race um and so this race actually counts towards next year's points so oh, sort of wow. the start of the 2012 season and it was interesting because uh, especially on the guys side of things you didn't have your sort of a lot of your top five six guys there you had no gomez you had no brownleys you had no david house or laurent vidal and guys like that so it was a real good opportunity for um some of the 
you know, athletes sort of ranked five through 15 to, to give a crack and, and see how they could get on. Um, the way it panned out, I, I missed a swim, but on the bike, when I turned it on about halfway through the bike, um, that it had all come together. And we were literally when I turned it on, Macca was on the front pounding away. Oh, um, and it just ended up being a big bike. It looked like they were they were they weren't mucking around. There was a number of guys keeping the pressure on, but they all came off the bike together. And then uh, Jano Haas or John, I don't know how you pronounce the first name. It might be Jono um, from no Jono Silva from Portugal. He took out the race um, his first World Championship Series win, and then we had the the Russians uh, Brukankov in second, and I think Polianski was third. Other than that, what was interesting for me was it was the first opportunity for Maka um, to he made the front group. Um, don't know if he made it straight out of the swim. I didn't didn't see, but he was unable to to, to get away on the bike. You know, we've talked he he talked a lot about all the, the tactics around um, yeah, around the, the 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 drafting races and whether things could be broken up. And he was quite active on the front, but but nobody ever got away and nobody even really even made an attempt to get away they just tried to keep the pace quite high so that was uh there was a how did he go on his run uh, that, well, that was uh, I didn't see the final results, but he started out off like a, um, a raging bull, and he was right up there and like well, right up there I mean you know going on the run he was sort of sitting in like fifth or sixth place and he faded all the way through. I didn't see the end result, uh, but the last I heard of them giving the updates, he was in about tw- he dropped down to about 26th place, so he was losing you know, quite a bit of time, and especially last week after he ran so well, um, yeah. and his time was, was very, very competitive. I, th- I thought he might have done better, but uh, you know, b- backing up two yeah, weeks in a row, yeah. a, lot of the, a lot of the guys had pretty variable results. Like the guy who finished second last week, Sven Riedra, he was out just outside the top 10, I think. So, you know, backing up two weeks in a row. Some athletes do sensationally well. Some athletes do not so well. Girls side of things was great for the Kiwis uh, contingent. Andrea Hewitt really just crushed everybody on the run. Um, they had a fairly large pack coming off, and, and she really just dominated and, um, and had a really strong performance. And for the Kiwis, uh, we had... Kate McElroy in third place as well, so he had one and three, and Emma Moffat was in second. So it was, um, yeah, it was good for the Kiwis. So that's the end of the season for the um, for most of the athletes now. I was speaking to the Mountain Snow last weekend. We were in, um, doing the race, and uh, he was doing the same race as I was. And he was saying that there's a great interview with Macaron compared to radio um, about you know what he's doing right now, and he sees just as a great break, that breakdown of where he's at and what he's doing. And so if you want to check that out, go to Computer to Radio because apparently it's brilliant. So. Check it, check, check it out, Bevan. Check it out. Sponsor John, Ethlinks.com. We got an email through from Troy saying we need to talk about this. There's some new things happening and it's quite funky. Um, what the, the, it's still sort of in beta testing phase. So some of the, some of the things need... But beta is, I don't know, I so. you're the computer geek. Um, but, but it's really sort of breaking your results down a bit more and... Uh, it, you know, so for example, you know, I'm, I'm pulling up my my rote result here, and it'll give me my place in the swim, um, age group overall, transition placings, bike placings, uh, percentages. It's got a cool little graph where it really shows where you finish in your in your age group, um, and then below that. That, it really goes through and tells you in your age group, you know, plus or minus where you placed. Um, so it's, it's really going into your age group and breaking down the information a lot more. Uh, <coughs> it's pretty cool. So it's got John's race here. We were on, on I'm on John's race for Rote. Uh, what year was this? 2008. 2008. And you know, you got 11th. Crazy to think you did at 8:51. You got 11th in your age group. Yeah. Although that includes the pros. 
So Tilborn beat you and Chris beat yes. you. So there's a few pros here. So yes. well, but you raced as a pro, didn't you? I did. So yeah. that's that, that's one th- challenge the athletes have is um, some so the age groups are often inconsistent, and especially with pros, you know, whether you put them in the pro category, age group category, or, or some races don't have any categories at all. So you just get put in a, a default category. Um, so they have a few challenges around that. But but races which have good classifications, they're they're generally sweet. Three eighteen on the run, mate. Did they break your heart? Three hours and eighteen. That was three hours yeah. and eighteen seconds. Not yeah, three hours yeah. And but, but I think the eighteen seconds is worse than the three eighteen. How'd you find that? Were you gutted? Uh, come on, stump I, I, three. Yeah, it would have been nice, but I didn't have anything else to give. It's one of those things. If you finish the race and you go, could have gone a bit hard, but I knew when I finished that race, I didn't really have anything else to give. And and whilst eighteen seconds is is not much, it is. It's you know, I don't know. What's that? Probably. Wait, see, I'll time it. I'll time it. <laughs> It's probably a good. It's probably a good uh, distance-wise. You know, you probably supposed to be about 150 meters or so, something like that. Maybe, maybe, maybe not that much at Ironman pace, but it's it's. Did you know you were close to three hours when you were doing I it? Had, I had no idea because I was uh, I was fading fairly um, badly in the last couple of Ks. So um, no, I didn't didn't know I was on because I was basically just going through looking at all my K splits. I didn't have a an overall race time. And I didn't wasn't sure what time I'd started the run because I was using my heart rate monitor for the for the overall split as well. I knew I was. Well under nine, um, but I wasn't really sure where I was at on the. Okay, um, I'm going to start the 80 so seconds now. Okay, so talk about something, yeah. and I'll interrupt you. Um, so what what is also cool about this is it shows your friends and your rivals in this race as well. Um, so you can you can sort of uh, check out exactly who you're up to, and then on the the right column it also shows your upcoming races um, that are either similar, have members from this race doing that race. There's 18 seconds, have, John. What, sorry, what, it was 18 yeah. seconds. So okay, but gone quicker. It would have been sub three. Yeah. Um, it also shows your friends and rivals doing those races, and uh, so they're pretty they're pretty pleased with that. So there's quite a few new developments coming on in terms. Terms of the ethnic side of things, so that really breaks things down for your age group, and then you can obviously click off and see the full, full results as well. But just another innovation from Athlinks uh, breaking down your results even further. So get on there, get all your results stored in one place, and then what you can do whenever you've got an up uh, a race, then you can give it a little uh, Facebook I like, and then that'll sort of obviously show up on your Facebook page. So people who are not in the the I am Talk world or the Athlinks world, they can go and check out your your results in more detail. So link up your Facebook page as well. Oh, it's very, I really like this. It kind of just condensed everything around your race into this one area. So, yeah, check it out, athlinks.com, and for the new innovation. Okay, John, hot topic of the week. Last week we did uh, two record splits by specialists, and we're talking about, uh, who was it we're talking about? Gordon McCauley. Gordon McCauley. We're talking about Gordon McCauley. He's going to do Ironman New Zealand next year, and he's got one focus, and his one focus is to just to win the bike course record. And so we're kind of wondering, what do you guys think about guys who come along and try to get the swim course record or the run course record or the bike course record? And uh, do you think it's actually really worth kind of any value in any way? So what did you guys think? Let's have a look, John. Let's have a look. We had 25 uh, comments sent in from this. And Matt Kissick started off nice, going to beat the Dirkinator's course record. So the, I guess that must mean that maybe Dirk Bockel currently holds the bike course record. I thought Bjorn Anderson had it, but um, maybe Dirk Bockel holds the bike course record of Ironman New Zealand. 
Tommy Craig's got, even though it would be an amazing accomplishment, the true relevance will be known to the fans and maybe not looked so as, on so as highly. And also with specific discipline records that are given their due congrats, then usually aren't spoken much of until it is broken again to really earn marks, break the course record or a world record or reinvent the wheel. <laughs> then that would be relevant. Juan Carlos, what's next? Breaking the T1 record or T2 records? Or how about first wetsuit to be sterilised by Dynamo Dave? Nice. This triathlon beat Cameron Brown's record of 10 wins. Now that's an effing record. How long do you reckon it would be before someone breaks Cam Brown's? Do you think they will ever be beaten? Well... 10 wins in one race? Like, to in me... One race. Um, well, I guess Marino Van Holnack is on his way. I don't know how many Austria wins he's got under his belt. But I don't know. In the, in the current climate, I would have thought people are a bit more variable in terms of the races they go and do. New Zealand's a little bit unique, you know. You get your top New Zealanders racing New Zealand every year where, say, Ironman UK, you don't get your top America, uh, top English athletes every year. The races in America, a bit different. So I can't see anybody breaking it in a hurry. Okay. Andrew Abbey's got, as the wise man says, no such thing as a good bike before a bad run. Besides, we all know that the real prestige is this uh, course record for T1 and T2. Nice. Ned Phillips? No, it isn't really. What if someone set out to break the run record of Ironman New Zealand and swam really slow, then plotted through the bike and got into T2 in 10 hours and then ran 2 hours and 30 minutes marathon? I think we would all just snigger at that. Oh, Dave Hensman, uh, Hensman, I think it is, uh, has a great one. Uh, ha- how about Usain Bolt entering the Boston Marathon and setting the world record for the fastest 100 metres? <laughs> uh, let's see. Neil Stafford, it's not the fact that he can break the bike course record. It's doing it whilst carrying such a huge ego around with him. <laughs> Neil, no. Oh, there's probably some truth in that, let's be honest. <laughs> Albert Einstein, here we go. We've got one of the legends coming and talking. He's got one of the reasons why triathlon became popular were age groupers and therefore high numbers of successes. Now imagine adding that up with age group results with the single disciplines. Up until one day, everyone will get a podium place for some kind. Uh, finally, Craig Whitaker, triathlon is about mastering the swim, bike and run and about winning outright. That's what really matters, so it is irrelevant from that standpoint. However, it does make being a spectator um, at the course more interesting when you know somebody is shooting for a record. Ben, uh, what do you think? I'm going to finish with what Elizabeth Brahma, um, irrelevant. If, anyone, uh, if anything, they should be embarrassed. If they can't break the records, get beaten by a triathlete. Mm. Good point. That doesn't, doesn't make them look like a, you know, not a fool, but interesting. what do you think, Bevan? Oh, I think it's kind of irrelevant. I think that it's good PR, and like the problem is, is you're just focusing on one aspect of the race. So, if you were to do a bike course record and still do a sub nine or a respectable time, then you go, well, that's pretty cool. If you could, you know do a, a four hour bike ride and then go on and do a you know a sub three marathon, you know maybe not do the fastest marathon ever, but still do a respectable run. I'd look and go, okay, that's impressive. But if you just go along doing a, you know, an hour and a half swim, a four-hour bike, and then the five-hour run, well, who cares? See, that's the thing. Like guys like um, Steve Larson, who were pulling out amazing races. You know, they were, 
he was losing lots of time in the swim. That's not because he wasn't trying. He was just wasn't a very good swimmer. And then ripping the bike, and then he was hanging on for dear life on the run. That I have a lot of respect for. So I don't disrespect. I mean, I think a lot of people are maybe ripping into Gordon Walker for for I don't know for whatever he's sort of talking about about breaking the course record. But the fact is, if it is just a uh, a Macaulay, sorry. Yeah. If he just goes around the course, then will it will be a talking point going, well, that's a pretty impressive bike split, but I'd be probably more impressed if um, if one of the triathletes got actually quite close to him and then still pulled off a, a really good uh, result. I guess the interesting, what's going to be really interesting, if he only just beats, like, say, the, say Cameron Brown or whoever, Terenzo or somebody, if they're out there racing, and if he only just beats them, it's going to be a bit of a, uh, a moral victory for the triathletes, going, you cyclists aren't quite as good as you. Uh, oh, so. Now, to be honest, if he's, if he's match fit, McCauley should dominate the triathletes. Well, he should. He, he really should. But if it was, like, he's if a he pretty was, good cyclist. He is. But we've seen pretty good cyclists come um, to triathlon before and not perform quite as well as you might expect. So I, I, it's going to be interesting, but I, I'm still much more interested in, in the complete triathlete. But it's a side topic to talk about. Now, John, as a part of this week's discussion, we had a book to give away. Uh, you are an Iron Man. How six weekend warriors chase their dream of finishing the world's toughest triathlon. And you know how you can always tell a good book, John? By its cover. Well, yes, and this has got a good cover. I'll give you that much. But also, yes. by how fast someone reads it. Okay. You, like, have you read the Dragon Tattoo series? No, I have not, Bevan. Oh, you should get those. They're really good. Okay. I, I just finished the last one last week, and I pretty much bought it the week before and nailed it because it was so good. But yeah. joe has been reading this uh, You Are an Iron Man, and she started it like four days ago, and she's just about finished it, and she's loving it. So okay. the good news is, is one of you guys gets to win this book, and John, you can choose who it is. What I've done, Bevan, I've just gone to random.org. I've nice. Have you done some work here, have you? We, did, we've, uh, we had 25 posts, and I put in 1 to 25 in random.org, and it said post number 3. So that's uh, Juan Carlos. Great, Juan, Juan Carlos. Carlos. Can you send us your email address or email us, and we'll send you a link or through to the person who's going to send it through to you. So the book is You're an Iron Man. How will six weekend warriors chase their dream of finishing the world's toughest Iron Man? Do you know why, why this book is really good? Because, Why, Devin? Well, you know, for a lot of us triathletes, it's just going to be reinforcing experiences we've already had. So we'll, we'll, it's a bit more about identification. You know, you're going to identify with, you know, okay, I know what that's like. Whereas when Joe reads it, she looks at me and thinks I'm a legend. There you go. She says, how do you used to do this stuff, babe? And I go, oh, you know, it's just so hard. So it's, it's a good gift to give to somebody who's maybe in your world to give them maybe an understanding of what you're going through, but also for them to have some appreciation around how much of a legend you are. Nice. We're going to have to make this a really long show, Bevan, because I can hear pandemonium outside. Oh, really? Okay, so I'm just going to stay in here for a couple of long hours. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so. this week's discussion, we've got what's the best thing that a race has done for you this season? So what are you are you looking for? Race directors oh. doing cool things? Because we have to have done this one in the past. Sort of have, but yeah, I've just, you know, we, we as we've said, you know, maybe we, we discuss some of the negative impacts, you know, weaker, weaker fields and we sometimes slag different things off for different reasons. So some, some, what, what, maybe something really good that you've either got in a, a race goodie bag or some, something a bit different that a race organizer has done. That's really set their race apart from, from other events you've done. Okay, John, very good. Let's do age group of three, two, one. Age Grouper of the Week. I okay, guess one comes from Tom Bevington, and he would like to nominate his friend and coach Andy. And how does everyone? Borzecki. Uh, hold on, I'm just scrolling back down. My page has gone funny. 
Broziak, I reckon. Broziak. Okay. okay, I'll give that to you. Uh, Andy, who met I Am Talk, uh, we met him in the coffees of Hawaii in 2009, set sights on another kind of qualification this year at Ironman UK. All his training had been going really well until he was six weeks out riding the Bolton Bolton course when he heard the news of the passing of his mum back in South Africa. Oh, that's horrible news. It took him 48 hours to get a flight back home to organise the funeral and the care of his ill father. This quite obviously hindered his training and for a few weeks he was away to not, he did not mention the emotional impact that it had his goal this year even at the birth of his son Jude was to qualify for Kona and till the setback and the loss of his mother he was very realistic objective with his usual honest approach and his objectives on his return to the UK after the funeral I think he was slightly resigned to the fact that his goal was now a bit beyond his reach but he would do all he could to get his Kona ticket on race day, he did a 55-minute swim, leaving the water in the top 50. Knowing he was lacking a few long rides in training, he spent the first hour and a half taking it easy. He then found some form to finish the bike in 5 hours 40. Then in the run, the short fall in training hit him. After the first one hour, he fell flat and struggled for energy. He was able to finish off with a 3.22, Jesus, I'm talking too bad on a bad day, coming in at 10 hours and 2 minutes, all so close, and importantly, 8th in his age group. Resigned to the fact that he had not qualified outright in the top 6 for a spot, he spent the evening elated and proud of his efforts, but thinking that the Kona slot had left his void. At the following morning's award ceremony, Andy was granted a roll-down slot and he truly deserved and now he's paid up and entered for Kona. To all of those he has coached and to those he trains with at one triathlon's RDS, he is an absolute inspiration. Although the extremely focused and dedicated athlete, he is always more than willing to help and guide other athletes, as well as juggling his work and family with equal care and attention. No training problem ever gets him flustered and he always approaches everything with a pragmatic and flexible view that is always reassuring even when his clients feel the world is falling in. His dedication to race, to, uh, he dedicated his race to his mother and so this age group of the week will be awarded to him for achieving everything he has aimed to do and being an inspiration to so many others. We wish him the best luck in Kona and finishing with a sub 10 he is aiming for. So uh, that's, uh, that's a pretty awesome effort mate. That's from Tom Goldfinger Babington. Love your work Goldfinger. <laughs> Nice, very impressive, and uh, we'll be keeping you to that out on the course there, Andy. We'll just be giving you a little reminder if we see you out there, you know, making sure you get sub-10 in Kona, and uh, we fully expect you to be doing all our pre-race challenges, including the uh, wetsuit aquathon and the, the food challenges especially. Well, I think the thing is with, with this, these situations is, you know, you lose a family member. That's, like, I'm fortunate enough to never have that happen to me, but... It's such a traumatic event, and mm. obviously training's going to become a second-tier thing at that time, and emotionally to get back in training could be a pretty tough thing to do, and so the fact that he was able to kind of turn it around, still turn up, and race smartly based on the fact he knew he wasn't fit, you know, because like, mm. often people will still try to be what they were, and he raced pretty smartly and pulled off, you know, the top eight, which got him a slot, so it's a pretty awesome effort, Andy. And a good good side of things is uh, never giving up when you're out there, you know. So whilst you wasn't in the automatic slots, you never know how things how how things are going to roll. So you just got to keep going, and uh, you never know what might come out. So nice work, Andy. You are our age group of the week. Love your work. Okay, go on, John. Second sponsor. Tell me about Kona, John. Extreme endurance. Are they going to be there? Are they? No, but we're going to be there, Bevan. Oh, we're giving out some samples, are we? So we're going to have some samples to give out, um, providing everything all arrives absolutely fine. So at our 
um, little sessions. We'll probably do at Lava Java and possibly down at uh, in the mornings maybe at the boat. We'll have some extreme endurance samples to take home. So if you guys haven't tried it before, perfect opportunity to get on it. If you're not going to Kona, just go to uh, xendurance.com. Remember to use the code IMTALK to get your discount. If you go get the recurring uh, order delivery, then remember to use the discount codes that we talked about last week. Um, I think it was a, I think it was ADIM talk. It was, it was something like that. Uh, and just get on it. And tell you what, John, I wish I was using it right now because my legs are killing me after last weekend's race. And well, this this will give you your 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 scientific study, Bevan. You've done a good hard run. Um, yeah, and I'm in a lot of pain. And a lot of pain. Next one that comes up, get on it, um, and we'll see what sort of difference. And I guess the next one you probably will do will be on the road. So it probably, in normal circumstances, would mean your legs are going to be more pain, be more sore. So we'll, yeah. do, we'll do the I am talk study. I've done my part of the study. It's now your t- your turn to do your part oh, of the study. I'm sample two. Sample two. So so in Kona, when you come up and see us, now how will we do this, John? We'll just be dishing them out. Oh, we're just going to be walking down the street. Now. Here's some drugs. But well, no, we'll drugs. probably do it at Lava Java, and uh, and we'll just be dishing them out at Lava Java. That's the plan, but I'll clarify that closer to the race. Okay, well, you but, can come check us out at Lava Java and get some of your free samples of extreme endurance and Kona, John. That's right. Xendurance.com, John, guys. I'm going to be doing my experiment in about 10 weeks from now, but John, John backs it up, and so do so many of your listeners. So, uh, check, check, check it out. Nice. Website of the week. Of the week. Who's this from, John? Christopher D. Sproul. And we probably should have done this a while ago, but it was, it was just sitting in there. But it's it's a, they're organising an event, um, and it's an iron distance event, and it's got a couple of other uh, you know different triathlon distances in there. It's got a half. It's got a uh, it's got a teams race, I think. Um, but it's coming up on October the second in Centennial Park, uh, Ellicott City, MD. I don't know if that is that. Madison, I'm not quite sure, but it's anywhere, somewhere, somewhere in the States. And it's really, it's filling up on hope, optimism, and strength. So it's called the Half Full Triathlon. The website is uh, halffulltri.org. And they're basically raising um, money uh, to, for the team to fight triathlon club. And help me out here, Bevan. Okay, I'm not determined if it's anyway. Uh, um, to be honest, my website's down, but you keep talking. Okay, so got, <laughs> that's not very good. Thank help. you. They've got two distances for 2011. Uh, they've got oh, the good half website. 70 no more distance. Up. Yep, they've got the Olympic 40 distance and they've got the full um, triathlon. And right, 70,000 people estimate the number of young adults diagnosed with cancer each year. Oh, so it's uh, cancer. So we basically the half full is about having hope and optimism in the face of adversity, whether it's a triathlon or the fight against cancer. Um, the half full is having a determination and positive attitude to get to your, to the finish line, surrounded by friends, friends, family, and fellow athletes. We're all in this fight together, one mile at a time. We finish this race, but more importantly, win the cancer battle. So when I was looking on here the other day, um, I am pretty sure that it said basically all your registration money um, goes towards uh, their oh, sort really? of fundraising efforts. Wow, so that's pretty it's good great. stuff. Obviously, it's too late to enter for this year, but um, if you can it, get on it, you can get onto it next year. Is it too late to enter? It is too late to enter. Oh, Because okay. I went to the registration button, getting ready to enter myself, thinking I'm, I'm, I'm all over that, but it said the half full is full. Oh, that's good. That's awesome. So I love it. They're basically trying to fundraise money that's going to give kids optimism and, you know, because... Jeepers, creepers, kids who get cancer, that's the saddest thing ever, man. 
Mm, it's, exactly. it's so, so sad. Um, I remember one time I had to do some work and I had to go into the cancer ward in Christchurch with the kids and um, I had to do some work with them and it, it's just really sad, mate. You know, these kids are going through traumatic, traumatic experiences and it was just, it was a bit humbling to be honest because these kids, what these kids are having to go through, I had to go into this room and you had to pretty much take most of your clothes off, well, not all of them, but you know, take clothes off because, and you had to put stuff over your, you take your shoes off and then put special slippers on because the radiation in the room, the kids were living in and stuff and it was just, yeah, it was pretty sad. So it's great that these guys are putting it together a race that's really about helping these kids get through these tough times. So the the beneficiaries there, they're helping out of the Old Man Cancer Fund, uh, Live Strong. And if you want to get on there and support it yourself, um, you can just click on their beneficiaries and then donate button, and you can get on there and support it as well. Uh, given that it's only you know a few weeks before race date. Yeah, it's a great great cause. So we'll put a link up to the uh, Huffle dot try dot org on our website www.iamtalk.me. Uh, last sponsor, John coffeesofhawaii.com tell me about it well I did have something there about a talk about clothing but Albert sent us through an email and he said a couple of things he said one thing we could uh, add into our transition race is run down Alihi Drive to the Coffees of Hawaii booth in front of Basil's Pizza and eat two slices of pizza before continuing on I think we might be able to maybe incorporate that not into the transition race but uh, I do like pizza we, we can incorporate the pizza and run into the coffees of Hawaii booth somehow. But this is a really good one for you guys. Um, they've got a new coffee out. Now, you probably want to go and check it out. And But there's a new coffee, and it is called, it is called, it is called, it is called. It's got a very interesting picture on the front of it, and it's called, building it up, 100% Chrissy Coffee. Oh, back it up, John. Chrissy back Coffee. And so on the front of the packaging, it's got a little uh, picture of uh, Chrissy with her little championship um, sort of head thingy on. And uh, yeah, there's a couple of sorts of coffee there. They've got the Queen Kaumanu coffee. It's an espresso. And they've also got uh, the Queen Kaumanu coffee vanilla McNutt. And so they've got two, two, two sorts. And with this coffee... Um, a proportion of each sale goes to the Blazeman Foundation for ALS and also the girls... Oh, you're cutting out, idiot. And at Nepal, because obviously she's, she's a sponsored athlete by Coffees of Hawaii. So when you go on and get it, getting this, um, put in the code SMILES at the checkout and you save 20%. And uh, if you spend over 50 bucks, the fit shipping is free. So get on that. And uh, if, we, if we buy lots and lots of this, it'll probably enhance our ability to get Chrissy on the show more regularly. Well, no, he's uh, even got, he's, he's even putting it out there. Now, he's a sponsor, so he's got connections with Christy more than we have. But he's saying, now, now, I don't know what Albert's talking about here, but if we could, this could be true, this would be legendary. He's going, get as many of your followers as possible to buy the new coffee of ours. I bet it will help your odds of getting an interview with Chrissy at Kona. I've already talked to Chrissy, and she's basically shut down between now and Kona. I know, so. but maybe, just saying, we'll just put it out there, John. Who knows? Who knows? So get on that. And the final piece of info that I want to get out to you, for those of you going to Kona, if you order now and request Kona delivery, they'll roast it the week before the race and bring it with us to the coffee stand under the drive, and then they'll credit back any shipping costs, i.e. your shipping's going to end up free. So you just, uh, you're going to get the freshest coffee when you arrive in Kona. If you're there for oh. you know, a week to two weeks, you can have fresh coffee there. You can be supporting coffees of Hawaii. Um, you're going to get free shipping. And if you get some of that Bad, badass Chrissy stuff in um, yeah. uh, you're going to be as well tell you what Chrissy must love it wouldn't it be cool to be a superstar 
How come he hasn't done a John and Bevan coffee? You know? That's why right. Why hasn't that happened? Yes. Jeepers, Chrissy, Chrissy who? Jeepers, creepers. Oh, but where's the love? You can get an interview with us in Kona. What would you So there you go. Coffee's why lots of things happening. Check, check, check it out, team. Okay, questions and answers. And answers. We've got James Moon. He's got a question here, and he's going, on my seventh consecutive Ironman UK, getting slowly getting better. I have a degree in physiology, and so I have brought, gone back to the books to work out a few things that have been brought up, mainly metabolic efficiency and a few things by Brett Sutton. Both individuals have the same problem. When you get good, you are in an uncharted territory, so it's difficult to know what, where, how to get the further gains. They may be well right, but for the age group, I think it comes down to strength. The metabolic efficiency diet will inevitably, sacrif- inevitably sacrifice some muscle protein, but you will improve your fat burning. This is okay for you. Your strength is already good, and you're coming from this direction. Likewise with Brett and his no-gym work. It's okay if you're already strong, but both are trade-offs that would work if you're already good, and but it could hurt if you're not a top age group or pro. When I have the time, I'm writing stuff on the, about this on my blog. I've been keeping a blog for around 11 weeks run up to the Ironman in my last two years. This year is a bit less detailed, but I have two young children, George, three, and Will, one. George is severely disabled, so things are tough. Don't think I'm going to be doing a Hoyt, though. So he's basically kind of disagreeing a little bit around some of the discussion we had with Brett Sutton and the guy who did the metabolic training book. So if you can check out um, James's info there on www.com. 11weekironman.blogspot.com and I think the important thing here is that we need to keep reiterating is there is no one perfect way because we've had feedback you know, um, from people who've trained with Brett Sutton say it's absolutely fantastic and we've had other, other feedback saying it wasn't right for them we've had feedback from people saying metabolic efficiency um, is a load of rubbish and uh, they've really suffered because of it and, uh, and, and going down that path is, is uh, likewise with the paleo diet they've really struggled with that we've had other people saying they're absolutely on fire if I prescribe one person a program it may work for them perfectly another person you know it, it doesn't work perfectly so I think the thing with this is there is no one single way and uh, it's uh, uh, the, you've got your probability of things working. You know, certain training um, things I prescribe work for some people, but you've just got to constantly keep tweaking it. So I think that's the problem where we sometimes fall into is if you're going to get a uh, a, a program off the internet or or, or just uh, you've just got to try different things. And uh, so the question I have, John, is if you're a if you're a, if you're an age grouper, let's say you just started listening to the show and you're kind of new to triathlon and, and you don't really know much. What should you try? You know, because there's, you know, there's so many different conflicting messages out there and you're not sure it's easy for you and I because we've learned how our body works and, you know, being experienced athletes that we've got to figure this stuff out. But if you're someone who's totally new to the sport, there's so much information. What do you think is the best approach to take when it comes to, you know, what lessons you should learn? Well, I think the main one is 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 pace control, and uh, and I think that's where Mark, some of Mark Allen's stuff um, with his heart rate zones and using those, they often force athletes to go um, more conservative conservatively um, than uh, rather than aggressively. Uh, so, just being going out there and having laying, laying a platform with some 
solid performances that are on the conservative side of things, surpassing so conservatively. And then once you've got a couple of good results under your belt by doing that and not sort of going uh, into the, the danger zones, then you start sort of trying different things. But I think a lot of people try to look for the look for shortcuts and they may listen to, you know, Brett Sutton stuff and automatically go out and, and, and do things that he's um, prescribing for, for pros who may be new pros, but maybe they've got a 15-year history in the sport. So I think the best thing to do is to take a, and when you're early on, take a bit of a conservative approach to things. That's going to reduce your risk of, uh, reduce your risk of injuries. Um, well, highly likely that it will. Um, reduce the risk of blowing up in races. Get a few steady results under your belt and then start trying some new things. Okay, good work. Um, next email is from Jacqueline. Jackie? Oh, Jackie, sorry. Um, can't believe I've just found your podcast. I've been doing tries for about a year, doing the Rotorua Half Ironman next weekend, and I love the podcast. I've been complaining that there aren't any Try NZ podcasts. I'm stoked. How could you miss ours? <laughs> That's okay. Um, I'm stoked to see that you guys work with Emily. I've had him do a nutrition program for me and my partner. He lost 5 kgs, and I've lost... So I've got tons more energy for training. Anyway, I've been going through all your old podcasts trying to see if you two have got any uh, that address the old runs on the runs problem. Uh, last two weekends, I've done some standard distance tries, and each time I've had to stop halfway through the run for a loose stop. I really don't want to have to do this in Rotorua. So do we have any things, any ideas on getting overcome runs on the runs? A good one to try is a modium. Um, the, the runs on the run side of things, and training side of things, it comes down to a little bit of you know, planning nutrition if you're going for a run later in the day and uh, and obviously trying to, to clean out the system as much as you can during the day. But for, for guys that have issues um, with, with diarrhea on, on the runs, try Imodium. In terms of the the um, the amount you take, it's, it's hard to prescribe exactly because uh, the tablets vary a bit. But um, basically trying some Imodium and uh, trying it in training um, you know, several times before you actually do it in a race. Uh, I remember Melina telling me that Modium was was gold for him. So look into that, and um, and that should help you. Yeah, it must be really frustrating, especially if you could try to be competitive where time really helps. Um, this next one's from Kent Stead. Um, I'm events director at Swimming New Zealand. I've been given the contact details by Ali Dennis. Good old Ali, how's he going? I'll, 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 I'll summarise this one, Bevan. Okay, go. Basically, the, the Epic Swim, it's called Epic Swim, and they basically do it in Taupo in January 2012, and it's basically a big, long-distance swimming race in Lake Taupo. Um, and... They've got what distance, distance is it? So 5K got a, and 10K? They've got a 100-meter distance for, for the kids and um, to 10K in the water for, for, ba- for, for water babies. Water babies, so, yeah. So everybody, um, every member of the family is covered. If you want to check it out, I don't have the website right here, but if I click on this, I'll be able to tell you what it is. But I'm picking. Epicswim.co.nz. Epicswim.co.nz. If you want to check it out. And you want to go and do a bit of a reconnaissance in Taupo as well, and you want to get a good uh, good swim in there, go there in January and you can do a cool swim event. But good, you know, 5K swim in Taupo would probably be a good kind of training day for uh, Taupo, yeah. wouldn't it? Perfect. Yeah. It's, not on the, it's not on the course, but it gives you a great managed uh, open water swim opportunity. I've got a couple of others I just quickly chucked in there. Simon Bygrave, it's just last week I was talking about Hotspot Shield, the, the place where you can get um, overseas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, And he's got one called um, VPN, which he reckons is really great for getting TV shows all around the world as well. And he also says that the BBC offers a desktop version of iPlayer, 
which means you can watch your shows anywhere in the world as well. So you may want to check those nice. ones out. Ian Tivy, um, he's the Jersey smuggler, Ian, isn't he? S- or was it Ian Skivvy Tivy? Skivvy Tivy, yep, yep. yep. Um, I would like to, uh, he thinks that we should call Thorns Geek Zone the Hammer League. Hammer as in the hammer wielding geek, a Greek god of thunder, Thor. So. It all sounds a bit complicated to me. I just like the geek zone. Okay. Keep well, it simple. Keep it simple, Simon. Simple. <laughs> um, oh, so um, last weekend I did a race with the Mountain Snow. Mountain Snow and I were both up in uh, Nelson, or he was down in Nelson, and I was up in Nelson. And um, he was just telling me a couple of things which we should mention on the show. First of all, that there's, a, there's an event called the Iron Mary, which is a half Iron Man for the Maori population in New Zealand. And it's really about promoting good health and stuff for Maori population. And they do some really great stuff because they're really using, you know, triathlon as a way to kind of enhance people's, you know, some of the Maori people who aren't so fit out there is getting them in and creating a community event where it's getting people achieving really wicked things. And he sent me through a link to the website and I just thought it was a really cool thing. And he thought that maybe we should get the race coordinator on at some stage. So maybe we'll do that because... They're doing really, really, they're using the sport as a way to help promote healthy lifestyle, and it's, it's really great to see the community get behind it. One other thing I do have to say is that his son Callum, the junior mountain snail, uh, he's just done some really great things. He picked up the Wellington Harriers Seymour Cup for best colt at the club handicap race while he was groveling around. Oh, well, um, John was doing the Abel Tasman, and he's also been doing really well in his swimming as well. So I thought I'd give Callum a bit of a love on the show as well. Nice. I've got two more quick ones. Goodness me, Bevan. I know, I was just kind of chucking them at you. Um, Oh, so these are people, these are extra things that people want us to do for our race. So these are ideas for our challenges in Kona. Joe Darcy's gone through and he said, who can have the most caffeinated gels in 60 seconds? Oh, oh, no. And then followed by coffees of Hawaii double espresso. That's going to have serious repercussions. (laughs) You might need some of those. What's that thing for the poos? (laughs) <laughs> Ammonium, yeah, you'll need some ammonium, ammonium after that. <laughs> yes. And then we've got one from Jim um, Allpass, and he's got, might be a week too late, but I'm still looking for suggestions for completing uh, Kona. Why not a reverse backward run over a K? You don't know oh. that? Yeah. Or oh, you're cutting out, are you there? Yep, I'm here now. Yeah, a reverse backward run running over a, a certain kilometre distance. Do you like that one? I didn't hear much of it, but I'm sure it was fantastic. Oh, okay. And then lastly, Shorto the Porno has come through with one, and he's got, um, who can get the best triathlon 10? Are you there? I'm losing. Yes, I am. Yes, yes. Uh, triathlon 10, that will be, uh, you'll go for the full, full body 10. You'll just work around with your bloody top off the whole time so I think I've got the inside running on that one well he has got you could almost try, even put the IM Talk logo in the 10 so that's nice that's a, a good idea yeah so these are some ones okay guys well we're going to Kona in a couple of weeks and one of the reasons we're going to Kona is that you guys have got us there you know we the only reason we're going is because you guys are funding it because you know John and I are, are poor fitness professionals so <laughs> um, so you know these are the people who've been donating to the show and we promise that when you donate to the show you get your own I Am Talk nickname and John and I have been doing through this week's nickname so let's roll for that okay you go first okay so I had uh, Diana Atkinson now I thought Atkinson I thought of Rowan Atkinson as in uh, oh, nice. and I thought Blackadder and so I thought I went look at the Blackadder characters and she is Diana Captain Darling Atkinson. Nice. You like that one? It's, it's, it's actually Rowan. At, at, 
It's not the same, but but but, but it looks good, similar, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, I know yeah, it's not yeah. the same. Yeah, but but it's a good effort. Good effort. Yeah, right. I don't know if this is such a good one, but um, <laughs> he's got, he's got the right of refuel here. The name is uh, um, How Dolphin. So I've gone. How now, brown cow dolphin? What, what, what is it? Just because it rhymes? Yes. Okay. No other, no other reason. But but I'll see if I can come up with a different one now. But but you roll with that from now. How now, how? brown cow dolphin? Yep. Nice. Okay. Tony Morgan now. When I saw Tony, I kind of thought like the mop, you know, like the Don. So I've gone and called him tri- Tony, the Tri-Don Morgan. He's like nice. the mob boss of triathlon. Nice. Then I had Ian Hursley, and for some reason, this just worked for me. It's kind of like your one, John. Random, but worked. Ian, sweet, silky, smooth, Hursley. Oh, because the chocolate oh, made me think of Hershey. Hershey yeah, Christmas. yeah. So see, sweet, silky, smooth, Hursley. Nice. Um, I can't remember exactly why I have done the next one, but first, uh, I, I, first thing I came up with the name is Martin Hollywood, yep. and I thought firstly, nickname is goes to nice Mar- uh, yeah. goes to Hollywood, <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that's probably a bit weak, like, like my first one, and then so <coughs> Martin, the fire engine Hollywood. Why the fire and, engine, and John? I, that is a very good question, <laughs> and I did this several days ago. And <laughs> seemed like a brilliant idea at the time. It was, and it really doesn't. It's not much of a story when you can't tell a story about the fire engine. But we'll go with it, and I'll see if I can come back with it. Why I came up with the fire engine? I like Martin goes to Hollywood, but you can you can choose, or maybe Martin can choose. Martin, you can choose. Whenever you send in an email, you can either choose goes to or the fire engine, and I'll try to remember why I came up with the. But fire it could engine. be Martin goes to the fire engine Hollywood. <laughs> it's a long name. It's a long name. Might have to abbreviate that somewhat. Next one um, was a regular contributor. It was Rob, the Essex Buccaneer, McRitchie, and then Christopher, the Crazy Flog, Yoak. Yeah. And then my next one was Jacob. Those those other two guys have contributed before. So Love your awesome. Jacob, Orange Lightning, Thirst Guard. Where'd that come from? He's he's from uh, we know it's athletes checked out his profile and he's he's Dutch so I was going orange for Dutch nice Dutchies all orange and I just wanted something fast so I went with lightning nice love your work we had a competition a while ago um, and I am taught competition to I'm, best I'm put, Des and Troy photo wasn't it best Des and Troy photo or was it just no it was just, no it was just a, a best photo with an Iron Man I, I am talk logo on it somehow. And Brian Lafleur, he did like the Jake, uh, the the Des and Troy thing, and he had a, an I'm Talk logo somewhere on there, and he had Des and Troy on his arms. So I went. There's a Kiwi theme. Brian Le, the, Brian the Mus Lafleur. Nice. Comes from Jake the Mus on the New Zealand movie Once We Warriors. And, and he's a character who's very violent, but yes, <laughs> yes. But kind uh, of a hard I, man. Another contributor to the show was uh, Paul, the Cumbrian outlaw Roger. Um, so I think he's contributed before. And then we're back over to Bevan's ones. Now, Monica, you had a question mark by name. Was Monica Mitchell the one who sent us cash? No, it was Monica Wrightwood. I'm not quite – yeah, well, I'm not quite sure. Because Well, Monica Mitchell sent us cash. She sent us US cash, which I absolutely love. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking Could it's be. the same person. And on the, on the card she said, she sent us a card with it. And I love that she sent us cash. America needs different cut money. It's all the same. Yeah. It confuses me. But anyway, on her, her there's a dog with a head out the window and the background's blurring away because the car's going so fast. And I thought, well, Monica, the blur machine, because when she trains, she creates a blur. Nice. Mitchell. So the blur machine, Monica Mitchell. 
Nice. Uh, James, the wise one, Botel recently contributed after he did one of his uh, 70.3 races. So nice work, James. Yes, love your work, James, the wise one. Um, Andrew Abbey. So I thought Abbey, I thought Abbey Road, I thought the Beatles, Sergeant nice. Pepper, Andrew Abbey. Nice. Yes. Very good. Uh, you got the next one, Colin? Oh, yep. Yeah. Colin, hungry like a wolf, Durant. Because Durant <laughs> made me think Durant, Durant for some reason. Yes. And so then I go. thought, Durant, 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 hungry like the wolf. So, nice. yes. Frank, the uh, the Texas Ranger Lee contributed again, and as did Raymond, Grandmaster Pinero. Nice, then, love your work. Then I had uh, Scott, the Inflictor Roborn, and the reason of the Inflictor, I went onto that Zathlinks page, he's one of those, he looked like quite a big, strong guy on the bike, and he looked like he was absolutely drilling it uh, in a TT bike, TT position, so I call him the Inflictor. Nice. Patrick, the Hurt Healy's donated again. Love your work, Patrick. Uh, I had Rob. I, I, I'm, I'm giving you a hard time about this one. Uh, Rob, the foot, Dally Moore. Yeah, not your best effort. Well, I think I think we could go further with this. What's the name of Bigfoot? What, what do they ask you to call Bigfoot? Giddy or... The Abominable Snowman? No, it's no. Okay. Bigfoot is... What's... It's... Um, oh, everyone will be listening. The reason I got women with the foot is because Rob's a podiatrist uh, at, at foot traffic um, up in Auckland, so go check out foot traffic. If you want a get, podiatrist, check him out. Get it out. Uh, and he's going to be – I'm pretty sure he's going to Kona as well. Um, so – If you can remember, what's they, – they call Bigfoot something else as well. I'm not quite sure. Um, I'm not sure you going. Also, I had Ka- uh, Cam, Mr. Inquisitive. Oh, tell me. Langsford. And it must have been something inquisitive looking like on his athlete's picture. I did these I did these about a week ago, so I can't can't remember exactly where I came up with them, but Mr. Inquisitive. Lovely work, John. So those people have, you know, what when we're of us being in Kona, with the help of the other sponsors as well, has really come down to you guys donating to the show. So geez, we can't say thank you enough for the people who put on some of their own hard earned money into the show and, and help us get to Kona. We're gonna do our best to make sure it's awesome, amazing content. And, uh, and over the next couple of weeks, we may have some news that we're going to announce to you guys around what we're doing as well, which is kind of big and interesting at the same time, eh, John? Yes, very big, very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. one, other thing, also- one other thing was, was we were starting our new podcast. Um, when are we going to start that, John? Um, when we get round to it. But it's with the website. <laughs> I wanted to do it while, um, while we're in Kona, but uh, we'll, we'll see really? how we get it. You want to give us more work in Kona? Well, no, no, I wanted to try to release it by then, but we may run out of time. Yeah, okay. But one thing we're doing is we're getting a new website done, and it's pretty much going to look exactly the same as what we've got for imtalk.me, but we just basically need a new web design, and we've got quite a few people sending us through web designs, and, and they're really all of them are really good. And we get, in the end, Ed Wallace came up with one that we really, really like. And so Ed Wallace is the designer of our logo, and he kind of came back to us and, and he said that he, we could write something that he's doing, John. Yes, so we're going to be interviewing Scott Rigsby when we're over in Kona, and he's the guy, double amputee, um, I think it was the first W amputee, I'm not sure if it was to finish Kona or to finish an Ironman, um, but a legend, he's got the Scott's Rig- scottrigsbyfoundation.org, and Ed's involved with that as well, um, and he's doing a bit of fundraising, so we'll put his link up there, uh, but we're going to interview him over there, so we'll find out, uh, find out a lot more about it over there, but he's got the Wounded Warrior um, program, so really just trying to help people in the need, in need with problems. 
prosthetics. And uh, so if you guys are looking for a little um, avenue to support and get in behind a, a really good cause, um, check out scottrigsbyfoundation.org. And I'll put a link up there onto Edward's actual personal, because you know how you do your personal fundraising. It's aiming for $1,000 for Kona, and he's currently just under 300 So let's try to get him up to 500 at least. And it's got him his finish line photo at the Rev 3, and it's got him on the bike. And it's also got a picture of Scott Rigby, and he's, he's got no legs basically from knee down on both sides. So, yeah, it's pretty cool stuff. So, thank you so much, Ed. You know, you're a bloody legend, and uh, we really appreciate the logo. And whenever you look at the new show's podcast, you can always go, yep, I own that. Nice. Okay, John. Sponsors quickly coffeesofwai.com. Um, Chrissy, Chrissy. Athlinks.com. Your own updates. And extreme endurance. Please help my legs right now. That's what I'm saying, John. Okay, John, what's your goss? Some goss uh, in Queenstown, looking out the window, mountains, snow, lake. Uh, it's supposed to be 20 degrees today, so I'm looking forward to that. Oh, lovely. And uh, managed to get in a run most days, so a bit of a run week. And I think we're going up to the ski field today. It's kind of cool when you're in a place like Queenstown where it's going to forecast us to be 20 degrees centigrade today, and yet we're going up to the ski field, so that's kind of cool. Are you much and, of a skier? Uh, in my past days, I was, but not not really anymore. It doesn't doesn't really motivate me to to, to be honest. Um, but we'll take the kids up there. But I guess the thing with Christchurch this year, normally it'd be a bit more an adventure. But we've had so much bloody snow with our two big dumps of snow <laughs> True, yeah. that it's not so much an adventure. But we'll go do it anyway and uh, just spend some time with the the, the, the far now. And uh, how long are you there yes. for? We're there for a week. We're here for a week, so we'll be back up at the end of the week, and then uh, then we're back home for I don't know ten days, and then we're off to Kona. Yeah, cheapest. It's coming around so quick, isn't it? It's going to be good. I'm yeah. quite excited about it now. I was John, sort of... John's given me a list of to do lists, and I haven't started, but hey, I've put time into it this week, mate. So okay. yeah, I have to. Agree. I'm like you. I, I, I'm looking forward to it. Eh? Mm, it's going to be good times. Bevan, tell us about your race. Okay, so I did the Abel Tasman Classic uh, with the Mountain Snail last weekend. It's a 36k trail run, which is pretty much the equivalent of doing a marathon, really, when you look at the times of the guys there. And um, going into the race, I'd done about six weeks training. I was pretty, uh, I'd done enough. I hadn't done extra special training, but I'd done enough to know that I was conditioned well to have a good race. And, you know, it's interesting coming from being an athlete who's been, you know, pretty high level in your day to being more of a recreational athlete. And so I kind of went into this race with the attitude of, the goal being making good decisions on the day and, you know, whatever would come of that will come of that. And I started the race and to be honest, I had a blinder, to be honest. I started the race and um, everyone took off and there's about 15 guys in front of me and I just thought, no, nah, just going to, my goal was to start easy and try to have a real strong finish. Because I learned over the years, I suppose, looking back as myself as an athlete early on is that I'd often get halfway through a race and think I was going to win it and be too aggressive. And I think nowadays... I kind of take my mindset back to my athletic ability from a few years ago. I think I'd probably be a much better athlete because I have a lot more patience. And I kind of went into this race in the first half. I just, I wouldn't say I cruised, but I just sat at a comfortable pace, really easy, focused on good nutrition, keeping my heart rate low in the, in the climbs and just really sitting in a comfortable zone. I got through to about 13k mark in an hour, which for the up and downs, I was actually, I thought I was going a little bit slower than that. So I was happy with that. And then from there, I think I was about 10th spot by about that point. And I just thought, okay, now pick it up into the next gear and take it home. And I really kind of hammered it home and ran myself down to sixth place. And I think looking at the field, um, that was the best I was ever going to do anyway because the guys who were in front of me, like the guy who won it, no, the guy who got fifth, he won it last year and he did a three-minute PB and he's done like a 232 marathon or something like that. So the five guys in front of me were just way better than what I was ever going to be. But I just had a blind to mate. I had a great race. 
very good. But the, the, I, I, look, I had a quick look at the results, and the first first three were all vets. Yeah, well, we have a vet, legendary vets. Yeah, you yeah. know, yeah, Phil Costley, who's done like a two thirty marathon. So, um, yeah. yeah, there were there were. It was a, it was interesting. It's one of those races. Like my time on other years would have won it. You know, yeah. it's, it's just with races like that where it's not necessarily a, a first tier race, but an appealing race to lots of people. It's one of those races where if you turn up on the right year, you could do better. And um, and saying that, as much as you know, I could have done better in different years. I think it was a bit of a fast year. We had perfect conditions. Like it was, it was stunning. It was kind of low to mid teens, and and it's honestly, if you're in New Zealand or if you're in Australia and you want to do a beautiful race, it's a limited field, but it's just paradise, man. The only downfall with the race is you don't really stop and look that much because you're too busy racing. But it's just you know the sea. It's like Nelson up and Nelson and Abertism there is beautiful. But but for my race, I was just I was really proud of myself. You know, like I really raced really smartly and. And I was really using, you know, good mind strategies. And then when about 10K out from the end, I thought, well, can I push the intensity harder? And I went to a higher level of intensity and I was able to maintain it. About 4Ks from the end, I passed the guy in sixth spot and I blew past him and I started to cramp a little bit closer to the end. So I was kind of holding off to get to the finish. But overall, I was, it was one of those days where I don't think I could have had a better day. You know, yeah, so, nice. And I came in oh, at well. 240, so yeah, stoked. Nice. Yeah. Not quite two. Not not quite two thirty eight thirty, but uh, <laughs> you get you're getting in the neighbourhood. We're getting close. Well, I think I will try to tag on and now do Marlborough, but I think I'll use Marlborough as a stepping stone to do a fast marathon early next year. So, um, more just keeping up my training and then aim to try to do a fast one early next year. So, but I loved it. It's seriously, and it was good to catch up the mountains now. And, and you know, those smaller races have a nice kind of community feel to them, and it was so well ran, and the food afterwards was amazing. So, yeah, highly recommend it. Nice. Um, but a couple of other pieces of news. Uh, so next week, um, all going well, We got, somebody requested that we interview Madonna Buddha, the, uh, the, 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 the racing nun who's done Kona many, many times at, at a ridiculously ridiculous age of somewhere in her sort of 70s or so. So we're going to be talking to her hopefully next wow. week. So that should be pretty cool. Um, and also, I've, as I've been sitting here doing the podcast, I've been getting drilled with emails coming in. But Story make, of life, mate. Yeah, make sure if you're going to Kona um, that you check out our Facebook page. Um, we'll make sure you give it an I like because there's going to be. I've just had an email through. Um, there may be some, some some a nice little promo opportunity that we might do um, around the underpants run, Bevan. Oh, really? So uh, make sure get on our I am Talk page and give it the I like. So then when I do post something, um, it goes onto your page and stuff. But if you're vaguely thinking about the I am Talk about the the underpants run, uh, it may well be in your best interest, and there could be some cool stuff. Hey, uh, just one other thing, Matt and Snail did pull off a PB last weekend at the race as well. Oh, so. very nice, Matt and Snail. Yes, very nice. It was a good must, race. Must, must have been that training camp he came that came on with me early in the year. He he put it down to that, John. That's all he said. Exactly. It was all exactly. about John. Exactly. Well, Bevan, I've got to crack on my day because Queenstown is calling. Okay. And well, I've got to sit behind the computer all day. So you have a good time with Queenstown and I'll be working. Yeah, fun times with that. <laughs> and the countdown – oh, I'll tell you what, Bevan. The uh, the countdown to Kona has begun. And uh, let me just uh, tell you something. Iron Man – Hold on a second, IronmanWorldChampionships.com. It's good that they've got IronmanWorldChampionship.com. They've now got a designated site for the race. 17 days, 15 hours, 22 minutes, and 23 seconds till the start gun goes off in Kona. It's happening, John. It's happening. Okay. Russ. I'm Mendo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia Kaha. Kaha.